0: Durack's King in Grass Castles make this clear. Where would Patrick Durak have been without his Aboriginal retainer, who in fact ran the station and was cherished, but only as a lower form of life? Jermaine Greer is absolutely convincing in the way she handles the literary and historical stories of the depth of dependence of white and black, as well as the depth and self-mutilation in the poignancy that attends the betrayal of the bond. It's there in her account of the Lawson story about the white boy who would like to be a tracker like his black mate, even though going native is anathema and a form of death, and in the end he's left adrift in a culture where he has no language, even to apprehend his grief. Part of the image of Germaine Greer is a little like Gertrude Stein's description of Ezra Pound as a village explainer, excellent if you are a village, if not, not a problem which can be compounded by the fact that Australia is the village she came from long ago and she has sometimes seemed to address it as if it were a village still. But if Australia remains something of a village, it's worth cottoning onto the fact that Greer is being the opposite of hectoring in what she is saying to this country. Her message is a message of mercy, not of vengeance. Hence her central suggestion that we admit we have been living in an Aboriginal country all along and that we should look in the mirror and tell ourselves where we are and what we are. The idea of the Aborigines as mirror images of white Australians, the idea of all Australians seeing themselves in the mirror of Aboriginality may seem strange to liberal-minded people who are acutely aware of the degradations that have been inflicted on the blacks, but Germaine Greer seems to suggest that at least the willingness to identify is a matter of choice. She is careful not to speak for the blacks themselves, but she emphasises that we must imagine a community before we can construct one. Aboriginality for her is not a matter of lines of descent, of genes and blood. It is a getting of wisdom and of understanding... What we have to understand is that the Aboriginal character of Australia is the best thing about the place. In a deep sense, it is the only thing about the place that is worth believing in as a mythology, and therefore we should cleave to it as an imaginative destiny, our national hope. She appears to believe that as long as we conceive of the Aborigines as the thing we are not, the contrast that defines us, there will be no grace in us no matter how theoretically liberal and well-disposed we may be. This is heady stuff, and it owes something to Benedict Anderson's notion of ideal, because imagined, communities, but this kind of vision, and the audacity with which Greer argues so strenuously for it, may be precisely the kind of thing Australia has been yearning for all these years. After all, as Greer says... The Aborigines have always been trying to seduce white Australians into their web of dreams, and she emphasises not only the gentleness and kindliness of so much of the Aboriginal treatment of white Australians, but also, in a speculative way, the affinities and influences which she suggests may flow from blacks to whites, not vice versa. Do the Aborigines really speak like a broader version of the British settlers? Or is the Australian accent, with its nasalisation and pattering consonants, mediated through a thousand black women nursing white settler children? And there are broad affinities of cultural empathy, or of empathies that seem to go beyond culture, narrowly conceived. What is the origin of Australian evasiveness? of our laconic character, our distaste for self-revelation and our love of endless yarning and anecdote. When Kathy Freeman sat on the ground after her great victory, wasn't that gesture something we instinctively understood in our bones and didn't we know, without thinking about it, that she was one of our own? Not because of a derivative Australia as we currently conceive it, but because she was in the deepest sense our countrywoman and knew the land as her own. Many pragmatic political Australians of every colour will dismiss this sort of thing as romantic, as the merest flag-flying of a symbolic politics. But, as Don Watson said once, no one has ever successfully refuted the idealist view of history, and if we are to change the direction of our history, then a symbolism, grounded in experience, is our best hope. Greer is scathing. Some will think too hastily, about the way the Anglo-Celtic up-yours-with-the-rent monoculture rapidly evacuates any of the potential of the multiculturalism we feign to believe in. But surely she has a point when she says that Aboriginality is the one thing that stands against Australianism in its current...